What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Flyer Up Podcast. I am your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. As always, we are live streaming on TTP Sports, the Painted Lines, Flyers, Fan Mania 93, and a whole bunch of different Twitter pages and also Facebook as well. So somehow, if you do not find us, which I find you crazy if you don't, we're always going to be on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast at. So a different time if you miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you don't miss it. I have no idea how you wouldn't, but you never know. It's always going to be yeah. on those different So if it's platforms. Patrick, better be in here. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely Sean better be in here. Who knows? It might be his bedtime. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, how you doing, good, good old, Good old Sean. Yeah, how you doing, Chris? We got, we got some good Flyers games to talk about. Even eh, I wouldn't say the Pittsburgh game was the best, but they stole a point out of that. We got a big win in Washington last night, picking up three out of a possible four points. So all's good, I would say. All's good yeah. before we have a couple of days off before the Maple Leafs. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I, I feel like the Flyers have, have played well. I mean, the Pittsburgh game was it, – it had its moments for them. Um, they didn't necessarily play – great but i didn't think they played bad either um i felt like there was a lot of times where it, it felt like the like it had that kind of momentum to it and that swag to it that, that like the flyers would end up winning the game um i honestly thought atkinson and that chance he had in overtime i thought he scored um where it kind of just sat loose and yeah um and then Latang, it's such a shitty goal by Latang, but you know i, I just feel like oh really oh i feel like Every time the Flyers play Pittsburgh, and this isn't like the – I don't want to make this sound like it's an excuse or it's like a – like a uh, just me kind of rambling because I'm a fan, but it's like <laughs> I feel like the Penguins always get that lucky bounce. Like they score 16 seconds in. They get – like like the Gensel goal, he – first of all, he whiffs on the first shot, picks it back up, and just throws it to the net. I don't know how it misses. Hart's pad. Jeff Carter in front and the post and still hits the post, but doesn't just go straight and ends up hitting the corner and just goes right in. And then you get the like, goal 15 seconds into the game. Yeah, right. You know, the, you know, the, the goal is 16 seconds in where it's just a, a shot deflected guy was in front and went to right above Hart's pad below Hart's arm, like just right in that like seven hole kind of area. It's like, dude, but you know it is what it is, and you know they, they the the good thing about it was that they followed it up with a win in Washington, with a much better performance too. Yeah, I mean it was easily their best second period of the year. I would say um, probably their best. I would say sixty minute performance. I would say they played a good fifty minutes of the game. I would say that third period, third period left a not the best third period to shut off a game, but still they mm-hmm. won it. Well, yeah, and it's also the fact that the Capitals had 13 shots or two periods. Like, you kind of had to expect that they'd come they out. They were going to make a push eventually. And then they ended up putting, I think, what, 16 or something in the third? I think at least 
13 14 something like that yeah they had a, they had a good chunk in that period um and right when the flyers had or right when the caps actually made it 2-1 i was talking about this with bill melter this morning and bill was saying he was like when connecting had that 2-1-1 chance with Giroux, and Giroux made the perfect pass sent it right over to him and connecting shot it and Vanacek made a really nice save that was like Bill Bill was like, yeah, that's when I knew we were going to have a dogfight to the end. I was like, I said the exact same thing. I'm like, because that was probably going to be one of the Flyers' only couple chances that period because you got to think the Capitals just kind of just bunker down defensively. They don't really give up much. Like, And then the Flyers just come back. They start getting their mojo. And, um, you know, I thought they played really good defensively, regardless of what happened in the last couple of minutes. Like the Caps, they had their chances. Jones stood tall. And it wasn't even the fact that, like, like Jones hasn't, in the three games we've seen Jones, Boston, Vancouver, Washington, the guy hasn't made any crazy save, hasn't been out of position, hasn't done anything, like, unbelievable that's like, holy shit, Martin Jones. Like, the guy has just stopped the puck. He's been in, he's squared at just about every shot. If there's been goals given up, it's been, like, the Boston game. It was... A turnover on the first goal. The second goal was a bad change and a turnover. And the third goal was a mismatch on the icing and also a mismatch in front of the net. The Vancouver game, it was a shot from the point that just hit the, it, was, it was just a seeing eye shot that ended up hitting the post and went off his, his skating in. And last night, it was a weird kind of just deflection that went off of Patrick Brown, went yeah. up over him, and ended up going into the net. Jones has not given up a single bad goal. He's shut up just about every single hater. He leads the league right now in save percentage. <laughs> I think he's second in goals against average. It's it's funny when you look at that like top three leaders in save percentage. You see a couple of guys, uh, three guys that have been struggling the past couple of years. You see Martin Jones on top with nine fifty. You see Sergey Bobrovsky. I think his save percentage is like a nine forty three. And then you got James Reimer from the Sharks as the third best save percentage in the National Hockey League. And also, I find it really ironic that Martin Jones leaves San Jose, and then San Jose becomes good, but Martin Jones is also doing good with Philadelphia. So I, I just find that completely weird. But for some reason, I do think San Jose is eventually going to fall off. I don't think their goaltending is going to have... It's, it's the same situation, I think, with Buffalo has. Like, they have Craig Anderson as their starter. He's an older... Even though Craig Anderson is a good goaltender, I don't think his age is good for them to, you know, yeah. last a whole season. Yeah, I mean, and also Buffalo isn't as good as a team, too. Like, it's it's different. Like, if you look at a team with an older goalie, like Edmonton, like, they have an older tandem in Smith and Koskinen. But the Oilers are, first of all, that McDavid goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a minute? Dude, yes. <laughs> that guy, I, I have no words. That guy is literally the best player in the world. There's no getting around it. That guy is sick. Like, when you, dude, like, just the, like, and what I love about it too is his quote after. He's like, you know, I'm paid to score big goals and paid to do things like that. And, he even acknowledges the fact that it was somewhat stupid to go in one on four, which realistically any other player in the league could do that and probably would get stopped. But McDavid would probably be one of the only few in the league that could do it. It would be like him, Crosby, Kucherov, McKinnon, 
maybe Brayden Point, and that's that's about it. Like, there's very few guys that could do that, and that are that high level of a talent. I want I want to um, show the goal on the live stream, but I want to ask the guy people that are watching this video right now: Have you or the live stream? Have you seen the McDavid goal? If you have or have not, I'm going to show it regardless. But I just want to know people in the comment section if they saw it or not. Yeah, because I want to, I want to show it regardless, but I want to make sure if there's like someone that actually missed it, I want to like see the beauty of the entire thing because it's just like how yeah it's just like the only explanation is Connor mcdavid dude i knew he scored he did something crazy when i was refreshing twitter and everybody was like mcdavid 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 and then somebody put the clip and i was like dude just just watch for yourself <laughs> okay we got twitter saying he hasn't seen it yet so i'm just gonna show this shit regardless because this, this thing is an absolute thing of beauty so here we go. We got from Sportsnet. Hopefully we don't get a copyright strike, but I don't care nonetheless because this thing is just like it needs it's must see television at this point. So here we go. Oilers got the matchup they wanted. Rangers having trouble changing here. McDavid, beautiful move. He's disgusting. It's it's just my goodness. Like the man went through four guys. And the Rangers were even doing a line change at that point. He's like, he's literally dragging the puck through the neutral zone. He's just like, okay, I'm taking it myself. And if you're a Rangers fan, like, can you even be mad at that? Like, I I personally wouldn't be mad at that. It's it's freaking Connor McDavid. I would because it tied the game. Yeah, but I'd be like, I I'd be like. Like just sitting there, like holy shit, did he just do that? Like, yeah, we got to see these replays like, on here. <laughs> I mean, David has so many highlight real goals. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he's insane, man. Like, like he rags the puck through the neutral zone. He waits for his guys to get out. He sees four guys. Okay, I'm taking them all, and they they just whiff on every poke check and check they can possibly knew, like. Like that's got to be goal of the year, right? It, oh, that that's definitely goal of the year. Like I I don't see anything unless somebody does like the. The lacrosse move again? Nah, I, I or even something this, like that. This like, beats the lacrosse somebody... move, honestly, every day. Yeah, week. honestly, like I don't know, dude. It's so early in the year, but like, oh my god, that's insane. Honestly, yeah. McDavid could break himself. <laughs> like, it's it's just it's incredible. I mean, that guy is. And is speaking of breaking monster. things, you know, with uh, Ovechkin trying to break Retsky's record, he was like, he's one goal away from tying Brett Hull for fourth all time on the goal scoring list, but uh, he uh, got held pointless yesterday yeah. against the Flyers. Yeah. And that's one thing the Flyers did so well in the 2019, 20 season. They held him. I, actually, I don't think, I think he had one point. Goalless. He didn't I think they had him goal. goal. I don't think he had a point at all against the Flyers that year. Yeah. I don't think he did. Yeah. So Which is surprising, but then the year after he torched them. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, so is it just going to be the same pattern type of thing with them missing and making the playoffs every other year? They they shut down Ovechkin and the other year he literally torches them for every single thing. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I really would hate that odd year if it, if that does continue. But um, you know, one thing I did like from last night's game was the fact that the second line started to get going again, and they won so much. Like they had to have won at least 85 percent of puck battles last night. At Caps least. definitely had more more territorial territorial advantage in the uh, third period. Um, easier for me to say, um, but I felt like as the 
game was going on and the game progressed for the Flyers. They, they stuck with it. It was a very good first period. Um, they had a lot of chances. They, you know, Vanacek was strong. And, you know, one thing I've noticed about the third line, especially Limblom, is Oscars won a lot of puck battles that he would have lost last season and even the year before. And he's starting to get there. Like, I don't necessarily feel like it's it's um, it's not a knock at anyone on that line. I think Lawton's been fantastic. JVR's had his looks, his chances. He's set up guys. He's obviously, you know, I, J, JVR does his thing, and he's such a good passer, too. I think that's one of the underrated parts of JVR's game. Um, but, like, Limblom has had many chances to score. He hasn't gotten one yet, but he's going to get one soon. I have a feeling he's going to get one soon. I think he, when he does, he's going to light up. And if I'm being honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if they keep these lines. Like, I know a lot of people saw Sealer today get sent down. and They're like, oh, Ellis is back. I don't think Ellis is going to be back. AV seems very doubtful that either him or Kevin Hayes, who was supposed to make his scheduled paper um, debut for Wednesday against Toronto, doesn't look like it. Now they're saying Tuesday against Calgary next Tuesday on the 16th is it's maybe around likely the, when he could return for Hayes. Yeah, Ellis, I'm not sure. That's for Hayes. Yeah, the more um, with this Ellis situation of just like the like really not getting that much info on what's wrong, which I can understand why they don't want to share it, but it's like making me more like I, I understand the precaution and everything. Like you want to do this now rather than midway towards the end of the season when you're getting closer towards a playoff push. So, like, I understand that's It's just making me worried that, like, he just, like, didn't look injured when he was playing in the first couple of games of the season. Then he randomly gets uh, scratched, and then you turn into this whole situation. Oh, he makes the road trip. Oh, he could start here. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, then he can't make this practice. And then it's just, like, it feels like it's getting worse before it's getting better, but hopefully this is the sign of him starting to get better because he did participate in some of the skills practice today. Yeah, they, Mike Yo had said that this was the best that he's probably looked and the best that he's seen him, so that, that that's a good sign. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, it's not like... The only issue that I have with it is just Sealer still in the lineup. And it's not that Sealer's a bad player. It's just I would rather get back to having Ellis and not having this, you know, to play Sealer because he's not your regular guy to play. He's your, he's your, seven, he's your seventh defenseman. Um, but Braun, man, Braun's been fantastic. Provorov had an unbelievable game last night. Yep. Um, yeah, like the entire players. the entire defensive core as a whole. Like I would say against Pittsburgh, they struggled more, but they really picked it up against Washington. Like Ristolainen and Sandheim's game on Saturday was probably their best as a pair yeah. the entire season. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to get into that too. Like what I was saying with Braun and, and Provy, like they had so many good clean breakouts. Provy had a lot of good like efficient plays where he was just like made it look so calm for him to just get out of the zone, made it look effortless. Same thing with with Ristolainen; he was very physical. Um, Sanheim had a lot of good plays where he was just throwing it up the wall or, you know, they just kept it in transition. Whatever they could do, they were just really good defensively. Um, and I think it all kind of coincided with Jones playing well. And they didn't give up. Again, the Flyers had defended in the middle of the ice so well in the first 10 games of the season. Um, you know, they're, they're 6-2-2. Two and two. There's been some iffy moments, but I feel like their game is getting there. 
And again, you don't have Ellis. You don't have Hayes. Like they you don't have Allison getting, either. Yeah, you don't have Allison, who most likely would have already taken all by Goodball's place. Um, and if he was if he was healthy, it's honestly there's no question at this point. There's really no uh, no consideration there. Um, but again, I've really liked what I've seen, and I think it made sense to start Jones last night too, because that's another thing. I know a lot of people were like, "Well, why is Jones starting? They're playing Washington." Jones hadn't played since Thursday, last the Thursday, mm-hmm. the twenty eighth of October. Listen, it was the sixth. Flyers don't play again until Wednesday, then they don't play again until Friday and Saturday. You yeah. know, Jones is getting either one of those games, Carolina or Dallas. My guess is he gets Dallas. Yeah, that's what I was going to suspect because Carolina, they're the stronger team going mm-hmm. into the season. They did recently get their first loss against the Florida Panthers, so there's that. But against the stronger team, you want your better. Too. Yeah, against your stronger team, you want your best goaltender. That's probably most sure. likely going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And you know the Flyers a quick a quick home game on Wednesday. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if obviously we know Hart's most likely going to start that game. Um, not even most likely we know Hart's going to start that game. Um, but again, I mean the Flyers have a very tough month of November, so you want to be able to keep everybody fresh, keep the lines fresh, everything if you can. Switch out guys. It wouldn't be surprised we see more of Patrick Brown and a mix of NAK, um, just to keep everything fresh. And yep. you know, there's obviously going to be like the maintenance days, like today. Konechny and Farabee had maintenance days. Wouldn't be surprised um, if more guys, you know, keep doing that. And one thing I've loved about this Flyers team too is like the bond they have as a team. Like the, a lot of them were at the Eagles game, like Lawton. Couturier. The guys that I saw were Lawton Couturier, McEwen, Thompson and Atkinson. Thompson, Atkinson, Farabee. Um, and I believe I saw Nick Sealer, unless it was somebody else, but it could have sworn it looked like Nick Sealer. Don't know if he was there, but um, I'm not sure. Anyway, a lot of them were at the game, regardless of who was there. I love that stuff. And then you got the whole... Exactly- uh... Friday night action with the the uh where your best drip yeah as what they were yeah. calling <laughs> dinner yeah the, the, who's got the best team drip um when yeah, you have like Atkinson just... and Claude Drew looking like the fathers of the group and they have no idea what the hell to wear yeah Couturier actually was like pretty on point with that which was surprising um, <laughs> yeah Soda wants to make mention of Kutz's drip <laughs> can you can you get a picture of that yeah I'm gonna do that right now because that was like. Awesome. And Coots, again, like the one thing I love, again, it's just the the camaraderie they have with each other and like the bond as a team and everything. It's it's obviously translating over to the ice. So it was um it was good to see, obviously, after dinner and everything, and then you go from that, yeah. The, I mean Coots, like this <laughs> is awesome. The, wonder, the entire thing. Yeah, I want to find the uh the Amazing. Chef <laughs> If I can find that, yeah, there we go. Yep, <laughs> they just look like a, like Drew just looked like an ordinary father. Cam Atkins, and I have I have no idea what he's trying to dress like. <laughs> yeah, Atkins and G were just like, yeah, all right, let's go to dinner. <laughs> they probably just didn't even. They probably don't have any clothes like that. Probably. You got to handle Drew. What? Well, I can't say that for Drew being thirty plus because Thompson is older than Drew and he has the clothes like that, like that. Yeah. She's also a dad too, so I guess it all goes goes hand in hand. 
Yeah, so and, uh, that was the uh, that was an interesting event that happened over the weekend. So now you're looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs coming into this Wednesday night matchup at 7.30. And Toronto, they've gotten pretty hot recently. They got off to a little bit of a struggle to start the season, but now they're... One five in a row, right? Yeah, I think they've won five in a row, I believe. Yeah, they beat Tampa Bay in overtime. They beat Boston at home. They shut out Vegas four to nothing. They beat Detroit five to four. They beat... Yeah, they're on a five-game win streak after starting with that win against Chicago in overtime. They do have a game tomorrow against the Kings, so let's see if... uh, they get another win to extend that win streak to six, or they go into Philadelphia with their first loss in a little bit. So yeah, Leafs are playing well. Flyers are oh, I just kicked my computer. Flyers <laughs> are playing well. Um, Leafs are playing some good hockey. So Wednesday should be a good one. That's that'll be, also uh, that'll be my first game this season in the press box. So that'll be hopefully a fun game. Oh, nice you're doing that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, That's Flyers cool. nitty gritty. Always shout out to Jamie there. Getting us nice. some games in the press box. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it should be fun. I'm curious. You know, I gotta ask you this: like, Flyers only had one power play last night. Do you like these units or no? Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Provorov on the. It's not a knock on Provorov. I just don't think his strong suit is manning the point on the power play. I liked yeah. I liked him when he was set up on the left side on the second unit when they had him and uh, Ellis on the power play on the second unit. I feel like these would be a lot better though if Ellis was here. Like yeah. if Ellis was playing and it wasn't Risto, and it's nothing against Risto line. You just rather have Ellis. It's just like I feel like if they switch just a couple things, like if if you want to put Atkinson there, that's fine, but keep him in the spot to use a shot. If you want to use uh, Provorov more, I think that's okay. But I feel like sometimes Provorov can shoot the puck when he doesn't really have a look. Um, he tries to force something that's not there. Yeah, like anything like that. Um, Drew on the right side, I don't like hate, but Drew's also been firing pucks this year, and he's had a couple goals from that side, especially from the right side and the slap shot he's used. Yeah. A lot to his advantage. Yeah, he's tied for uh, the team leading points with 12 along with Couturier. Yeah. So it's not really, uh, you know, mind-boggling as to why they put G on the right. And Atkinson, obviously, the quick shot and everything. Broussard on the second unit I think is fine. I don't mind Broussard. Again, it will be different with Hayes. Again, a lot of these things are if it's Broussard and Ristolin and Ellis Hayes. Hayes, it's like, you know, it's a little different. But um, the one thing I just don't like is the fact that they took Yandel off the first unit. And again, it's not against Provi. It's just Yandel was doing well. Yeah. So I don't know. But like I, know, I know during the uh, Canadian road trip, they said they went over 10 on the power play. So I can understand why you want to try a different approach. But it still looked like they didn't go over 10 on the road trip. I don't know why someone brought that up because they scored a power play goal against Vancouver. I don't know why they said they went over 10. They did not go over 10. Yeah, I know. For some reason, if I, I'm not sure if it was a stat from Tarion or something like that. I For some reason, someone brought up they went over 10 on the power play on the road trip. They did not. I'm just like, why? JVR scored a power play goal. Yeah. And I th- didn't they score a power play goal in Edmonton? I don't think they did. 
I think everything was five on five, I believe. No, the Leather scored a power play. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Flyers goals were five on five. The four were five on five, and then the empty netter. Yeah. And then he didn't score a goal at all in Calgary. So that negates that. So, yeah. I just wish they like kept that for because I just like the way they were passing the puck on. It felt like it was more crisp when the, on the original setup. Yeah. But. I'm again, it's still early in the season and I'm willing to see how things play out in different units because again, it's, it's a, it's, you're still early into the year. It's a long year and you still have a lot of time to, to kind of change some things around here as well. Yep. And uh, look at, I'm looking at some of the, uh, our goaltending stats right now. So you got both goaltenders doing extremely well. Carter Hart's three, two and two when his games played, he is a 2.41 goals against with a 926 save percentage and one shutout. Marn Jones is 3-0 with a 1.67 goals against and a 9.50 save percentage. So goaltending has been a major bright spot to start this season. But I think uh, I don't think we did a podcast when this trade went down. But, you know, the big trade, the good old Jack Eichel trade, getting traded to the Vegas Golden Knights for a third round. Well, Jack Eichel and a third round pick from Buffalo. And then going to Buffalo with Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, a first-round pick in 2022, and a 2023 second-round pick. But that uh, first-round pick is top-10 protected. So I think if somehow Vegas doesn't make the playoffs, they land a top-10 pick, all the picks that are involved in the trade get pushed back a year. So wow. that's a very good trade for Vegas. So I want, and it, I think they have, what, 27 mil on LTIR? 27 mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait, say that again. If all of the picks in the if Vegas misses the playoffs, all of the picks go. I think I think every pick moves back one year. I think that's the conditional. So how is the first round pick a top ten protected? So if Vegas lands in the top ten, the pick goes back to Vegas, and then Buffalo gets a twenty twenty three first round pick. Then the pick goes back to Vegas. Then Buffalo gets their twenty twenty three pick. Even if they make the playoffs? No, this is if somehow Vegas misses the playoffs. This season? Yes, this season. So if Vegas misses this year. And they land a top 10 pick. And they, and But that, tip, that, that pick is already top 10 protected for the season, for this yes. upcoming draft in July. Yes. So if they miss. Yes. They don't get that pick. It is so like if they miss the playoffs, but it doesn't fall in the top 10, it's Buffalo's pick. Well, it's top 10 protected. Well, if it doesn't land in the top 10 and they don't make the playoffs. So, like, say they land between, like, 11 and 15, 16 or something like that. Can that still happen if it's top 10 protected? Yeah. no? The Flyers have done it many times. Flyers, you get the 13th pick, you get the 14th pick. If Vegas lands in the top, if that pick, if that specific pick from Vegas to Buffalo lands in the top 10 of the NHL draft. Yeah, I wasn't factoring it in my head the lottery. Yes. So okay, I get what you mean now. My bad. Okay. Um, the Eichel trade though. <laughs> Spend five student. minutes discussing how trade how draft picks work. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? Um, it's ten, it's, it's ten fifty seven tonight. I'll give you a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the Eichel trade. Look. I think it makes sense for Vegas, of course, too, because they get all stars, right? Like they get Petrangelo, they got Stone, they got Petrietti, they have they have they have their true superstar now. 
Yeah, they have Eichel. They're their true number one center. Yep. Did you see his interview with Ben Chicklets exclusive? Mm-hmm. I did. It was a great interview. Um it's funny oh. too. He said of if Buffalo just allowed him to get the surgery, he would have played for Buffalo regardless yeah. if they went into a rebuild. Yeah. So literally all this was was that was the surgery. Buffalo yeah, Buffalo didn't want him playing anymore or whatever. I don't know. I don't really know too much about it, but um yeah, it was not 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 good um to hold a to hold a player at, at a certain certain degree where like oh we're not gonna let you do this for your health like that's just after a while the league like and me and Yuri Wallach talked about this on Don't Panic and he had mentioned it he was like the league probably stepped in and I was like yeah you're probably right because they don't want that going over for too long especially when you already got this whole thing with the Blackhawks you got something developing with Pittsburgh you have an entire angel season as well and anything else that happens with that I don't really think they want to be you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So they probably were just like, okay, get this over with, make the trade, and they did. And you know, Eichel's Eichel's now a Golden Knight, and yep. um, Alex Tuck goes back home to the uh, Buffalo yeah. area, mm-hmm. and he got they got a good, hopefully, forward prospect in Peyton Krebs. He really, really wasn't able to shine in Vegas, so hopefully, he gets a better position to play with Buffalo and all that uh, young talent that they have. For sure, and you know, I, I feel like. You know, Buffalo is obviously still developing as a team, and there's a lot of things that can come along with them. Um, but again, I don't necessarily mind this as like a or look at this as like a terrible trade for them. Like they get a lot out of it. Tuck's a great player. Like Vegas has such a good top six. It's like they could just play with two lines. They don't even need a third and fourth line, and, and they'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, then I th- I think they said. Michael's going to get the surgery very soon, and I think he's expected to miss, what was it, five to six weeks, and he could be back after the Olympic break. I think somewhere around there is where he's expected to. Yeah, I saw March was what I had seen, so we'll see. Yeah, I wonder, be, I wonder if we'll go down the, to... Uh, push. <laughs> it's funny. I wonder if they'll send him to, to Henderson for a conditioning stint. <laughs> you never know. He'll just, dom- he'll, he'll just dominate the league down there. Yeah, they literally put him down for a period. <laughs> not even, not even a full game, a period. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, sp- speaking of Henderson, I'm not sure when I went to Vegas this summer if this was their arena, but we decided to go to like a outside of the strip and everything, like outside of the main like tourist attraction shit in Vegas. So we went to the, one of these like weird. I guess cafes or restaurants or whatever you want to call it for breakfast. And when we uh drop when we leave the place and drive out, we see this. I'm not I'm not sure how the building was designed. It just looked like a random backlot building or something like that. And it had a bunch of like beer advertisements and then uh, other advertisements on it as well. And it said official practice facility of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm like, what? This does not look like an ice rink. Yeah, it just be. I'm just like I'm not even sure if this is where Henderson plays or they play in. A, I think they play in a different yeah, uh, section of the Vegas area. Yeah, I think they play in Henderson. Yeah, so um, it's yeah Henderson is like, I think it's like a suburb of Vegas. I think it's about an hour out of the city. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remembered. I remember hearing it at uh, the Flyers training center with a bunch of the bunch of the other media members. 
Their their practice facility is gorgeous. Like yeah, like the the outs like the outside of it does not look like a nice rink at all. It just yeah. it just looked like a back back lot building. Yeah, I heard, I heard the the inside is beautiful. Like, every, I mean, really everything that Vegas does is first class. Yeah, definitely. Um, from the game, like literally, just the game presentation alone is insane. And then you have obviously the team plays well and everything yeah. else. Yeah, man, I really wish they were um home when I went to Vegas during the summer. I really wish they were home during that playoff because I think it was like game three or four they were doing when I was there, and I was just like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> I would I would have loved to see a game in Vegas. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. That would have been amazing. Yeah, for sure. Especially like able to just go and to just the that was the thing, like my mom, they just recently, my mom, my mom, my parents, they just recently went to a Nashville and their hotel was like, that. my dad said was like, like five minutes from Bridgestone Arena. And I was like, and then my mom, she, she said, we just saw, she saw a thing, and there's a road trip from Friends of Philly going to Nashville in March. And I was nice. like, dude, <laughs> I'd love to go to that. But, um, yeah, I've only done a handful of road games. The one I'd love to do is Columbus. Really? It seems like a great arena to go to. Yeah, the only other NHL arenas that I've been to are not the not console and well now PBG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh. I went to the Heinz Field when they went to the Stadium Series. I, I went. That game. Yeah, I went to. Um, Barclays Center when the Islanders still played in that arena, which w- it, it was the worst thing in my life. Like the no, the arena itself is beautiful. It's not a hockey arena. No, that's the bat. Like the angles in that arena are like, what the fuck is this? The scoreboard is like the blue line. Yeah, the scoreboard. It's like the, it's it was like not the, centered. The far at all. right blue line. If you're looking at center, it's to the right side. Yeah, then you get the uh, good old SUV behind one of the goaltenders. So yeah, you get yeah. that nice view there. And mm-hmm. the other, I'm trying to remember the other uh, Staples Center, Los Angeles. I think that was the other only arena that I have ever been to in my hockey career. Yeah, I think we're games... going to um we're going to Prudential in December when they play nice. the Devils. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've been to Prudential. I went in the 1718 season, um, and they won. Actually, won that game. They won five three with an empty netter. There you go. I think. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I think Raffle scored an empty netter, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, that was a good game. And I went to Pittsburgh in the 2019-20 season. And yeah, when you did your uh, when we did a pod when you were live from Pittsburgh after they lost in overtime. Yeah, when I got chirped by that fan, um, and almost got into a fight. <laughs> um, where else did I go? Prudential. Oh, I went to the old Nassau Coliseum, the original, in nice. 20. 20- 14-15 season. It was actually Couturier's minus five game. And the next night, that was when Voracek beat the living shit out of Craig Adams in that fight. Was it Adams or Martin Martin? I forget. I don't know who it was, but whoever it was in the Penguins. I can't back when they used to have back. that disgusting, like, poopy yellow color. Oh. <laughs> it was when he just beat the shit out of somebody, and they ended up winning that game in overtime. It was back when Grice was on the Penguins. Ah. Um, but yeah, dude, like I would love to go to an away game and COVID and everything. My dad had been talking about going to Boston and we might actually, 
we might actually go to the draft in Montreal this summer. Interesting. Been, yeah, we've been we've been we've been looking at it and planning it, and it's funny because we were looking at it, and a couple years ago we went to Boston. I had a hockey tournament up there, and it's the weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, Red Sox at home playing the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Out of all things, the weekend that I have the tournament is when the Phillies go up to Boston. So we end up staying. We saw the game. Ended up losing in the 13th inning. The Herrera blew the game for them. <laughs> no shock. Um, but anyway, nevertheless, I say, okay, all right, well, since we've done this before, maybe had a little bit of luck, let's look and see. So draft was the draft this summer is the 7th and 8th in July in Montreal. And then we were going to go to Toronto and do the Hockey Hall of Fame and, you know, I think just to see the city and a couple other different things. Then my dad had kind of looked up and, and been researching and, and stuff to do down there. So I look at the Blue Jays schedule because I love that the MLB puts out the schedule. Like, mm-hmm. before the season even ends, the New Year schedule is already made. Yeah. I guess it takes them that long to make it. They do it so early. Well, I look. And the, the Phillies, Phillies are playing. play the Blue Jays July 12th. <laughs> and 13th if they had literally played them two games before two days before on like the 10th or something we could have been like we could have stayed but like then it gets to the point where it's like okay you have the draft the seventh and eighth the hockey hall of the ninth what are we going to do for the other couple of days yeah we just have two more days just random days and then the game it's like we'd rather just do the draft so yeah that was kind of a kick in the ass when we were looking at it but as of right now yeah. it uh it looks Looks pretty good um, for doing that. I think it would be really cool to get one good with draft, you know, on the road. And um, I've only been to one draft when I was here in Philly. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. But, the um, Yeah. I haven't been to, it was, I think it was between second and third grade when we went on vacation to like, this was like a vacation for technically me, my dad, me and my dad, but we all went. So I don't even know how old it was at the time between second and third grade, probably like at least eight or nine or seven or eight, whatever, at least eight years old. So we started off, we basically drove the entire way, went to Cooperstown first, stayed there for a day or two, went to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Then we went over to Niagara Falls, did something there, stayed there, I think, for two or three days. Then we drove to Toronto, stayed there for two or three days. We went to the... Hockey Hall of Fame. We did a bunch of touring shit around Toronto. Nice place. Very nice place. Didn't see any sporting event that I recall. I don't think we ever did. But saw the Hockey Hall of Fame. Both Hall of Fames were pretty good. And uh, I would definitely love to go back to Toronto, though. And other cities that I want to see, too, in Canada, like Ottawa, like especially during the wintertime when that like gigantic river is frozen and they do the ice skating on the river. That's something I would definitely want to see. Uh, Montreal just in general, just because it's Montreal. And yeah, basically, I would definitely want to go see the Hockey Hall of Fame again just to see all the updated stuff. For sure. And this is the thing, I mean, just to be at the Bell Center, one of the the best NHL arenas in the league, Um, one of the craziest hockey arenas in the world, like, I would love to go there. So that would be really cool. but yeah, I mean, traveling for hockey is definitely something I'd love to do. But you know, hopefully in the coming years, maybe get a Florida podcast uh, road trip going and <laughs> do some vlogging and stuff hopefully. like that. <laughs> That'll be an interesting that 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 definitely would be an interesting trip that needs to be documented. 
Oh God! Sure. <laughs> we need yeah, we many got, cameras uh, to document that. Yeah. Glow, the ones that are the glow in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We got a. Uh, Soto says he's going to be going to the Shark Tank on New Year's Eve. That is a definitely that's a nice place to be. Hopefully, I've never been to the Shark Tank before. The only I've only been to Staples Center. So, and I was like, I was like during that trip too. I was like, hey, Dad, they play in San Jose. The uh the next the next day, can we go there? He's like, nah, we're not driving there. That's too far of a drive. How far is it? Like three hours? I forget how far San Francisco's that that whole like part. It's it's got to be at least a five hour drive because how big California is. Yeah, yeah, that, that, it's a very long drive from there because because uh, driving from LA to Vegas is five hours at least, mm-hmm. depending on the traffic. Yeah, right. In LA traffic, that's got to be like yeah, LA, LA traffic is a pain. Yeah, it, it's such a pain. Sure. Okay, yeah. Soda says it's six to eight hours. Holy hell. We got a PF.H says he's going to the Flyers Avalanche on December 6th. That's nice. Yeah. Nice to see there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like, I guess I know we've been talking about uh, different like road trips and stuff, but I think we are getting close to the end. We'll definitely, we could definitely bring this up as another topic because road trips are always like an interesting thing. So I guess people that are viewing this right now, think of, I guess, your most wanted sports vacation, road trip, whatever, and bring those thoughts in for the next podcast. Same thing with you, Chris. Definitely think about that. I'll think about that. And we'll talk about that the next time we join here on the Flyer, a podcast It's getting late here. So we're going to wrap it up for this stream. So thank you, everyone, for joining. And if you tuned in late, just didn't tune at all, it's going to be up on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Don't forget to check out the Painted Lines wherever they are, YouTube, social media, anywhere. Check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our separate YouTube channels for me, TTP Sports, for Chris Flyers Fan Mania 93. If you're not subscribed already, definitely go check out our different Twitter pages as well. All those links are down in the description below as long along with the Florida Pod merch website. Do not forget to check those out. So thank you everyone for joining this edition of the Florida Podcast. I'm your host, Domino Garcia. He is Chris Mayer, and we will see you next time.